Welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James to ask a few questions and hear some additional thought from this week's teaching. Pastor. Hello. How are you, man? What's up? You doing all right? Oh, yeah, man. Did you have a good morning? I did. Yeah. Drinking some, drinking some coffee. Drinking some coffee, trying to warm up a little bit. It was a chilly, chilly morning. It was, man. I saw, I saw a meme on Facebook. It was this guy, and a butterfly was landing on his hand, and it said 70 degrees in front of it. And then uh, the caption said, people in Louisiana. But the guy was saying, oh, my gosh, is this winter? <laughs> and so uh, I think that that's how I think. I mean, this morning I woke up, I was like, man, yeah. it's 58 right now. Like right now as we're filming, we're recording this at almost 9 o'clock. And so, yeah, man, it, is. it feels good outside. It's good, only only to think that it may get colder from here. Yeah, it's a cool. good thing that. Both season opens up I'm, Thursday say, well, with Thursday, this cool front coming in. Man, so. they're gonna be moving. I hope so. I hope that's so. The, that's what I hear. I don't. I don't know. I, don't, I hope so. I don't do much hunting. So, well, if you if you get something, man, I will buy a backstrap from you. Okay. <laughs> and I think other people will as well. <laughs> okay. If you would like to buy a backstrap from Pastor James, just call him. <laughs> or a lot of people would just like, or you just give me some. Or you can just you give know. me some, man. Yeah. I was trying to give you a reward for your. You know, workman is worth his due, so yeah. I was going to give you that. <laughs> but, well, man, jumping into some questions from this Sunday as we're continuing in our series, Steadfast. I think in life we like to be busy. It makes us feel good and feels like we're needed. Um, but one thing you pointed out Sunday was that you had preached a sermon, too. It kind of fell along the same lines. Jesus is more concerned with who you are than what you do. He's more concerned about your love for him rather than what you do for him. Why is that so important, and why do you think we get those reversed in life a lot? Well, I think um, really when you start thinking through, I mean, and I think what Jesus is after, and even you see this throughout Scripture. I, I didn't read this passage Sunday, but uh, it's Proverbs four twenty three. You know, it says, "Guard your heart with all vigilance, because out of it flows everything of life." And so, really, the reason why Jesus is after our heart, because really everything flows out of that. It flows our worship, you know, all of that. And so, it's like if Jesus has your heart. He has everything else. He has your behavior, you know, the way we relate to one another. And so it's really, I think, what he's getting at is like the primary motivation that we should have in our life should be flowing out of our love for him, our devotion to him. But I think there's a tendency in all of us, you know, and I compared it to marriage, and it could be in other relationships too, you know, that there's a tendency that we can just go through the motions and just do things. Um, you, you know, like I, I, I didn't do this example Sunday, but like, I heard somebody say this one time, like, let's just say if I, today, after I leave the office, I'll go home and I bring Kirsten flowers and, you know, she's just super pumped about it, you know. And I said, well, you know, I, I ran by Brookshire's and they had this huge sale, like they were only 99 cents. Like, so I was like, you know, so I mean, no sweat off my back. It was easy. You know, I just did this, you know, Kirsten probably wouldn't appreciate me saying that, you know, because really, I mean, the point isn't really the flowers. The point is my love for her, yeah. you know, and that's what she's after, you know, just the flowers are that expression of that. And so I think that's the same thing with our works. You know, obviously we see this in, uh, in you know, Ephesians that God saved us by his grace in order for us to display works and good works, you know. But I think we can mix that up a lot of the times in our life and make it more about works. And I think sometimes it's easier to fake it that way, you know. And that's the same thing with the Pharisees. We dressed a lot in Sermon on the Mount. The same thing came up of how – 
you can look like you're praying a lot and actually not be close to God. Yeah. You know, you can look like you're serving other people and really do it with the wrong motive. And so really I think it's getting back to that same thing of this, the, it's the motivation, the motive of our heart, and that's really what, because Jesus sees past our facade. That's right. He sees past going through the motions. He sees past our singing. He sees past our works, our actions. And he really sees the condition of our heart. Yeah. You know, um, and I think we can, you know, I think we can fake it. You know, you can, you can, you can fake works, but you really can't fake a deep devotion and a love right. for him. So I think that's, you know, in this passage why he, church did a lot of really good things in Ephesus, but he says, hey, look, there's something that's above and beyond what you're doing that's most important. That's our love for him, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we talked about rekindling our love for Jesus, and the first thing that we have to do is remember. So what are some practical ways that we can do that? Well, one, and I know we'll say this often, is preach yourself the gospel every day. And, of course, you may say, oh, uh, you know, I'm not preaching. But, you know, I think it's reading passages that remind you of the gospel. You know, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 would be a good one. Uh, there's other ones that you could be reminded of, um, to just to be reminded of the gospel, to be reminded of uh, what God has done for us. So I think that's one thing. But I'll, I'll say about this. I, I didn't mention this Sunday either. Uh, a lot of times I have thoughts after the sermon. I'm like, well, I, I, that would have been a good thing to say, but good thing we got a good platform. Yeah, good thing we got a podcast, so we can we can pick up uh, things that didn't make it in the sermon. Um, I, I mentioned it in our home group. Is you know one of the things that you see in Israel often um, in the life of Israel is he constantly tells them to make different monuments or to make different memorials, like for when they crossed the Jordan or when they won a battle or whatever. And he was like, you do this so that. So that your children, when they see this and they ask, what is this, you'll be able to remind them what God did. And my dad's done this for a long time. I remember seeing him as a kid, and I think I have some in my office, actually. But he he has this thing that he does where he takes literal rocks. The dad loves to paint, and he'll paint on rocks when different things, God does different things, whether it's in his life or And he'll, like, actually paint on it, write the date, and paint on it, and he'll keep on his desk. He'll... Uh, keep him where he sees him so that when he sees these rocks with this painting on it that he'll like be reminded of some things that God had done in that you know and so people may not want to do rocks but or even journaling uh, doing things to write down what God has done and so that you can then go back and read because I I don't journal near enough but there are sometimes where I do journal and I'll journal prayers or journal things and then I'll go back and read and you're like Man, that's crazy! Like one of I remember this was I was doing ministry in Ravel, and I I wrote down this prayer when I first got there. Is there was not a lot of upperclassmen in the student ministry, and it was one of the prayers I was like, God, I really want to. And then when I left student ministry, when I when I came here, I, it was mostly older you know older classmen um, that were coming to the student ministry, and I went back and read that prayer, and I was like, Dang, you, you answered that, you know. And, but it was like I was able to go back and read it because I wrote it down. And so I think that's a practical way to remember is like, hey, when God speaks to you, when God moves in you, or you see God's faithfulness, you see God answer what, to write that down so that you can then go back and remember, oh, yeah, you know, because as we said Sunday, it's easy for us to forget. That's right. I think that we've all been in a place where we've fallen into a sin or um, whatever the situation is. And because of the enemy and because of that sin, we feel like we're the only one who struggles in that area. So whenever you talked about repentance and rekindling our love for Jesus, how and why does accountability play such a big role in that? I think, well, one is, I think it was James says, confess your sins one to another. Um, and so I think there, of course, we be careful who we do that. You know, obviously it's people we trust and stuff. 
but I think it's one of those things that it, it produces, um, I don't know, when people are honest and open about struggles or things in their life, you know, and you have people that you can confess those things to, but also you have people that will meet you with God, the gospel, that will meet you with grace, but that also will say, well, you need to stop too, you know, like, and so I think it's a good, you know, kind of, that's one of the things that we had talked about in our home group of like how, how much is needed of like why I need people in my life um, to encourage me, to point things out. And I think a lot of it too, maybe even of accountability when it comes to repentance is sometimes, and you probably know this too in your own life, is we have blind spots, just things that we just don't see that yeah. sometimes maybe our, our, our wives are able to see or our friends are able to see that we just don't see it, you know, sin blind, it makes you blind. And so... Um, it's good to have people and close people in your life that are able to point things out in grace, but be able to say like, "Hey, like I think you're missing some stuff here," or, you know, you're, um, you know, Jesus isn't driving your priorities, and you know those kind of things. So I think when it comes to repentance and stuff, is it is helpful. Of course, you think of David, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the whole Psalm 51 where he repents, but it started with the prophet Nathan confronting him yeah. about it you know, and saying, hey, you're that guy. Like, like you're the guy that, you know, is guilty of these things. And so I think it, it is helpful in the idea of repentance and doing this is we do need people in our life to, you know. For sure, In grace to call us out or, or to, to help us, encourage us, you know, in that and recognize that, you know, we're not, we're not the only ones that struggle with sin in our life. So at the end of the service, you asked two questions. One, what stirs my affections for Jesus? And two, what hinders my affections for Jesus? And you said that we had heard Chandler talk about him in different in a study that we'd done through Philippians. Why did you feel like you needed to ask those questions Sunday? Uh, I think, that, well, mainly just those questions just stuck with me for so long. Um, when we went through that Bible study in Philippians, when he answered that, like just the way he phrased it, the... The thought behind it was like, man, what what are the things that won't and you know help drive me to Jesus and love for Jesus and uh, and so I think it's good and helpful for all of us just to stop and actually to ask these questions, you know, um, you know what does drive our, our love for Jesus? What you know, like we had um, in our home group, you know, different people shared some different things of what stirs their affections for Jesus, and so I think that's good to. You know, some will be similar. You know, some people say, you know, reading the Word and prayer, that's probably, you know, for a lot of people, you know, would be one. But there's other things that people, you know, would say of, hey, this does, this this stirs my affections for Jesus, you know. And so um, I think that's good to answer those questions and good to, to notice, hey, what hinders? You know, what are times in my life where I see my love has grown cold? What, what was the result of that? Was it busyness? Was it, I took my, you know, I was worried about these other things, you know, and so it's good to indicate, um you know, what is it that helps doing those things? And so, anyway, I, I thought it kind of fit well with that idea of returning, you know, of um, the things that have stirred our affection for Jesus, going back, you know, going back to that and, and, and doing those things. Well, uh, moving into our last question, <clears throat> I think in the past we said it's nonsensical, it's all of these different things, um, but I want to shape it for the future as we move forward. Um, okay. And just call this fifth question – Know your pastor. I think that's a, that's a good way to do this. Um, I wish you could see James's face right now. He's a little nervous, I think. Um, James, for some reason, you are stuck on a desert island. Okay. And your basic necessities, food and water and all, all that's taken care of. 
but you can only listen to one song for the rest of your life in any genre. What song are you going with? Man, that's hard. I mean, I'll say this: if if that's the only song I have I have left, it's it's going to be a Christian song for sure. Um, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, just because if it's like that's the only music I got, I got. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's do both. You have two songs. You have a, a Christian song, a worship song, and then one of your all time favorites. What would they be for James Oliver Doty? Hmm. Trying to pull up. I think they have. What's it? Playlist. Yeah. All right. So, top twenty-five most played songs on my <laughs> iTunes forever. Um. So I, I, I guess I'll go off of that. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. So. These are the the most top played songs in James's iTunes. It's a song. Um. You may. Well, I would say I would combine it with two songs and. And it's similar to even uh, this idea of returning. Music has this thing to take you back, doesn't it? Like, I see uh, it. That's right. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, in whether good memories or bad memories, and there's certain songs when I was growing up, especially when I uh, felt called to ministry. There's there's two songs in particular that if if I put them on, it just immediately takes me back to that. They're both David Crowder songs. They're both on the uh, Can You Hear Us album. What a good album. Which if, is a, if you're listening and you've never listened to the Can You Hear It, you need to just don't turn us off. But like after we're done, go listen to that. That's one of the greatest worship albums of all time. In my so opinion. that, well, there's probably three songs off of there that for me always, um, one is Obsession. Oh, good one. I'd probably say that one or the one is uh, I Need Words. Ooh. Um and that's always been a song that I listen to a lot of times before I preach. Is just I almost sing it as a prayer. And so I know that's anyway that one, and then uh, the uh, "Come Thou Fount" above all else, Shane and Shane version um, is on my top. And then just a regular song, man. I I don't know. Um, I I really don't. I mean, I I can listen just about. Just about anything. That's the thing. You, you could, but not on this desert island. True, true. I don't know. I guess I'd just go with that. Or maybe if I could have one album, maybe the Can You Hear Us album. <laughs> I'd just take that album with me and well, we can listen to that. So, Well, then. All right. Makes Slurred. sense to me. Man. <laughs> I mean, you're a man of means and a man of, of not making things overcomplicated. So that's good. That's very yeah, good. Yeah, I love music, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff, but I don't know if there's just like one in album in particular where I'm like, man, th- I gotta have this one, more of like a secular side, even though I, I do listen to secular music. It's a, it's a hard question for sure. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to answer it honestly. <laughs> just to be real. With you. Well, um, and I think if you just shooting off the cuff, you know, like yeah. I didn't know the question before we walked in here. So that's a beautiful thing. About that's what's hard number about five. it. Right. <laughs> well. Pastor, thanks for sitting down and walking through some uh, questions from this week. Uh, excited as we continue this series Sunday. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.